you're going to encounter people who do the Jesus cheer, but who flunk the love test. They're going to do the whole, oh, I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? Only the closer you get to these people, the less kind, the less loving, the more of a jerk they are. And despite the cheer, despite the fish on the back of their car, despite the platitudes that they post on their Facebook and Instagram pages, they're not a loving person. One of the first jobs I had was in the body shop of an RV dealership in Richmond, Indiana. The owner of the dealership was a Christian, and he wanted you to know it. There were framed Bible verses in the showroom framed Bible verses in the break room and framed Bible verses all over the offices. Now the guys in the body shop that I worked with despised this man, this Christian RV dealer. Why? They complained that he put profit over customers. They complained that the salesmen were deceiving customers with his full knowledge and they resented the low wages that they were paid. Now, every year at Christmas, they were given a bonus. But in order to get the bonus, they had to attend a dinner and a program where the owner's pastor laid out the Gospels. If they attended the dinner and the program, they got a bonus that year. If they didn't attend, they didn't get a bonus. In the minds of the guys in that body shop, the owner didn't care about them as people. He didn't love them well. In their minds, the owner flunked the love test. When I first started at Asbury Theological Seminary, I felt like a fish out of water. The first week that I was in classes, I was encouraged to attend chapel at Asbury College across the street because a, a great man was speaking. But it was a warm September day and I was wearing shorts, so... I was turned away at the door. I didn't meet the college's dress policy of the time. And, and then I was enrolled in a class taught by a widely respected seminary professor, a man who was also assigned to be my advisor, whose discipleship groups had waiting lists. But in class, I learned that the only assignment that we would complete would be to outline the course textbook. I had already completed a master's degree and I was, I was beginning to feel like I had made the wrong decision in coming to Asbury. So I got an appointment with him and I begged him for a different assignment. I, I'll do a term paper, I'll take a test, I'll do anything. Why on earth are you having us outline the textbook? Well, I wanna know that you've done your reading, he said. And when I admitted that I was struggling in Asbury, do you know what he told me? Get a different advisor. I went home that day and I told my wife what I thought of him. <laughs> In my mind, he flunked the love test. Chances are, you know people who have flunked the love test. You've worked with them. They've lied to customers and coworkers. They've thrown people under the bus. They're jerks when the schedule didn't suit them. You've gone to church with them. They've gossiped about leadership. They've refused to share their space in the building with another ministry or, God forbid, an outside group like the Boy Scouts where you grew up with them. Oh, there were a lot of rules and speeches, but there was little care or concern about you as a person. If you're old enough, you may have even gone to one of their funerals. 
10 years ago, I was asked to do a funeral for a man who claimed to be a Christian. He did the whole cheer. I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? But the man didn't love anybody, and he was a difficult person for others to love. Eight people attended his funeral. Eight. Eight. The one and only friend he had that I spoke with during the visitation, I begged him, please, could you tell a story, maybe something funny? Is there anything that you could share about your friend who's died? And do you know what he told me? Pastor, there's not a single good thing I can say about him. Ouch. Ouch. Ben Witherington, in his book, Eminent Domain, The Story of the Kingdom of God, says this. The clearest sign of God's rule in a person's life is that he or she is a loving human being, prepared to manifest the sort of self-sacrificial giving Jesus manifested when he was here on earth and behaving in loving ways, in ways that make for peace, in ways that make for healthy and happy relationships. Listen to what God has to say about this. John 3, 16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. John 13, chapter one. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth and now he loved them to the very end. John chapter 15, verses 13 to 14. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And you're my friends if you do what I command. In John chapter 15, verse 17, this is my command. Love each other. Gang, a kingdom person is a loving person. A kingdom person is a loving person, period. This idea is something that permeates the writings of the Apostle John in the New Testament, who wrote a gospel, three letters, and a weird revelation he had from Jesus Christ. John also happened to found several churches in what is today modern-day Turkey, and he wrote those believers some letters. And we're going to be in one of those letters, 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 11. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That is how we know we're living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Even Calvinist John Piper writes that this section is a way that we can test ourselves to see if, the, if we've really been born again. Are you born again? Do you have eternal life? Well, are you a loving person? So in this section, whoever says, I know Jesus, but doesn't obey the commandments is a liar. John isn't saying that the person is in error as in, oh boy, they understand things wrong. No. He says they're disconnected from God. Those who obey have what? God's love. And then the next several verses, 
1 John chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Dear friends, I'm not writing a new commandment for you. Rather, it's an old one. You've had from the very beginning. This old commandment to love one another is the same message you heard before. Yet it's also new. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment. And you also are living it. For the darkness is disappearing. And the true light is already shining. Those who say they live in God should live like whom? Yeah, Jesus. And how exactly did Jesus live? What was the hallmark of his life? What was his example? By giving his life for others, even for people who despised and hated him. This new commandment, old commandment thing, Jesus lived it. Jesus showed what it looks like, and Jesus expects those who follow him to do the same, to love the same way. John chapter 13 Verse 34, so now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Now here, John is referencing Isaiah chapter 60, verses 19 through 20. No longer will you need the sun to shine by day, nor the moon to give its light by night. For the Lord your God will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Your sun will never set, your moon will not go down, for the Lord will be your everlasting light. Your days of mourning will come to an end. The light that's shining at the end is the Lord, and that light has already started shining in Jesus. John chapter 1, verse 14, So the Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. Well, John, 1 John chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. If anyone claims I am living in the light but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is still living in darkness. Anyone who loves another brother or sister is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. But anyone who hates another brother or sister is still living and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go having been blinded by the darkness. So anyone who claims they're living in the light but hates is actually living in darkness. Darkness and hate versus light and love. Blindness and hate versus sight and love. And the kicker is verse 10, where he says, anyone who loves another brother or sister is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. That word in Greek is scandalon, stumble. If you claim to be a Christian and love, you won't cause people to stumble. But if you claim to be a Christian and don't love, you're going to be tripping people up. Amen, amen, amen. Preach it, John. Gifts, talents, or abilities are not the best indicator of whether God is ruling someone's life. Love is. Church attendance, Bible studies, Christian memes on Facebook are not the best indicator of whether God is ruling someone's life. Love is. Becoming a pastor or a missionary or a Christian leader is not the best indicator of whether God is ruling someone's life. Love is. Love is the ultimate test, and a kingdom person is a loving 
person, period. So I got to ask, not about all those people you've encountered who flunked the test, but about you. Are you a more loving person today than you were last month? Are you a more loving person today than you were last year? And what is the character of Christian love? How does Jesus love others? So let me give some practical suggestions of ways that you and I can take this home and live this out. First, don't be a jerk for Jesus online. Don't be a jerk for Jesus online. There are plenty of other people doing that quite well. They're knocking it out of the park, home run. Don't you do it. So what does that look like? Don't be anonymous in your comments anywhere. If you have something to say, put your name to it. Don't be a troll. Let me define that for you. A troll is a person who starts flame wars or intentionally upsets people on the internet by posting inflammatory and digressive, extraneous or off-topic messages in an online community with the intent of provoking readers and displaying an emotional response either for the troll's amusement or a specific agenda. Don't be a troll. And lastly, do not dehumanize others. If you, if you only see a category of people, those Republicans, those Democrats, right, or those whatever, those teachers, those nurses, if you only see a category instead of a person, you're on the road to dehumanization. So, don't be a jerk for Jesus online. Secondly, try to love somebody you don't like. Yeah, let me say that again. Try to love somebody you don't like. Somebody who isn't like you, who doesn't see things the way you see them. Somebody whose sin and issues are so obvious. Not sure what to do? Not sure how to love them? Ask them what they need. Ask them how you can help them. It's called service, and it's how Jesus won over people's hearts. Try to love somebody you don't like. And lastly, assess your love tank. It's very hard to love others, particularly unlovable people, when your tank is empty and you feel depleted, tired, and worn out. Jesus regularly escaped the crowds and demands of ministry to be alone with his heavenly father and to recharge. So one question that could flesh that out for you is what brings me life? For me, for your old pal Max, it's getting outside for a hike or a paddle on a, bottle of a body of water in my kayak. That fills my tank. That brings me life. So what brings you life? If you have a couple of firm answers to that question, Make sure those things happen regularly because it's very hard to love people on empty. Rich Mullins was born in the same city as I was in Richmond, Indiana. And Rich wrote his first song when he was four years old. In 1985, he recorded his first album. And for the next 12 years, he wrote music and toured the country producing songs like Awesome God and Step by Step, 
Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above our God. I mean, I could go on and on. I loved Rich Mullins. Rich Mullins was a different kind of performer. He often confessed his sins and failures in public because he didn't want people to put him on a pedestal. And in 1995, he moved onto a Navajo reservation in Arizona to teach music to the children living there. Mullins never knew how financially successful his concerts, tours, and albums were because all of the money was sent directly to his church. They, in turn, paid him a small salary. In September of 1997, Rich and a friend were driving to a benefit concert in Wichita, Kansas, when their Jeep flipped. Both men were thrown from the vehicle, and Rich was killed when a passing semi swerved to miss the Jeep and accidentally killed him. Rich Mullins was 41 years old, but by all accounts, he passed the love test. A kingdom person is a loving person. A kingdom person loves the way Jesus loved, period.